you bald and balding people and welcome back to those bald chicks your favorite alopecia podcast i'm Paige, and i'm here with kristen and the beautiful renee reyes i hope i said that right yes Um, okay good (laughs) she has aa or also known as alopecia areata which i have too so a couple of patchy gals and she's had it since 2018 so thank you so much for being here renee and being the second guest on our series called the bald pack journals Please go ahead and introduce yourself and give us all the juicy details of your hair loss journey to date. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so my name is Renee Reyes, and as Paige said, I started losing my hair in 2018. I do have alopecia areata, and I am diagnosed with alopecia areata now. However, when my hair started falling out, it actually wasn't falling out in round patches at first, and my doctor wasn't sure what to diagnose me with because it was kind of like a weird pattern. It was sort of more like thinning around my hairline and on the top of my head. Actually, like at first, I I just did not know what was going on and my doctor didn't know what was going on. And like aside from noticing my hair clogging the shower drain, which I'm sure all of us with alopecia can relate to. Yep. Yeah, like since it was just right on top of my head and I couldn't physically feel any round patches, I actually didn't really notice I had alopecia until I saw a video of myself that was taken at work. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. So like what was happening was, you know, I was just kind of like being wacky with my coworkers before my shift started. And I was coming up an escalator. And for some reason, I just decided to like do a somersault on my way off of the escalator. And <laughs> as so normal people fun. do. Yes. <laughs> like, it was like to entertain my coworkers. And I yeah. had a lot of energy that day. <laughs> I love and it. I was wearing a hat that day, like my work hat, because at the time I worked at AMC theaters and we get these little AMC hats that have the logo on them. Yeah. And as I did the somersault, naturally, of course, the hat fell off my head. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it. But then later I saw the video back on Snapchat and I was like, oh my God, that is what the top of my head looks like. You're kidding. Oh no. It was just totally balding on top. It was so thin. I could see my skin. Like I could see that my scalp was a little bit shiny. And it was just the first time I was like confronted with how I look. And I was just exactly video, right? And you're sitting there like, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like on a Snapchat video of all things, like it went on people's stories. It went to all of our coworkers, all of our friends. And I was just completely mortified. And I was just thinking, wow. So like all of my supervisors, my managers that are much taller than me, this is what they've been looking down on this whole time. And it was so embarrassing, but it was a wake up call. And that is when I decided to take my new condition seriously, because to be honest with you, I was sort of in denial about it at first. Like I was noticing the hair falling out in the shower. I was waking up with strands of hair on my pillow, but then being confronted with that footage suddenly like forced me to start being kind of hyper aware about it and like very, very conscious about it when I was sort of just trying not to think about it before. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We and all it love was to probably, not Oh, yeah. And it was probably the most embarrassing wake-up call I could have given myself. But, I mean, it had to happen sooner. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
just, I didn't really know what was going on with me and my body because at that point I had never even heard of the term alopecia before. I eventually after, this was like around last year or something where I had already like been living with alopecia for years already. I did remember that I had an encounter with someone with alopecia at one point when I was in fifth grade and I had a teacher who wore wigs to school and I just remembered that. I guess she had alopecia, but you know, at the time, I guess it was still more taboo. Oh, Oh, absolutely. That's so crazy that you remember that because I have tried time and time again to think, have I ever met anybody with alopecia? Do I know anybody that is bald? And I can't think of anyone. For me, there was a guy that was in our class and he had alopecia during the time I did. And I remember being like, I don't have what he has. No, 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 no. That's, that's insane. And I just totally like, nope, I don't even want to associate with you. And I feel like a terrible person for it now, but I was like, I wasn't in the headspace to be able to be friends with him because we had the same thing and I didn't want to admit that I had it. Wow. That's so crazy that you both remember that though, because it kind of shows you that, you know, being bald or having alopecia, people do notice it. Mm -hmm. That's a huge reason why we're trying to normalize it. Because it's not like it's not noticeable. We're just trying to normalize it so people are more used to seeing it. So it's not as like, oh, you have alopecia or oh, you're bald. It's just, oh, it's another bald person. Cool. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I totally relate to what Kristen said about, you know, feeling kind of bad about not wanting to be friends with that guy because I've been feeling pretty guilty about remembering this teacher I had in the past recently because I remember that at the time, you know, we were just kids and like when we caught on to the fact our teacher was wearing a wig, we were kind of like making fun of her and stuff. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, wow, I, uh, the whole internet knows that I wear this. <laughs> yep. Like just a couple <laughs> years ago, I was making fun of the, this yep. one lady who was like, ah, and I've been feeling really guilty about it. But you know, that's why awareness is so important. And that's why just like you said, Paige, we're trying to normalize it. And I mean, it's so common. We probably like all met more people with alopecia than we even realize just because it's so common. One of the craziest things for me is I have found out that I went to college and high school with people with alopecia, but I didn't know at that time. I have found out years and years later and I'm like, oh my God, I could have known that I knew people with alopecia, but I never knew. Because I couldn't tell that they were wearing wigs. I couldn't tell that they were balding. I just never knew. Because when you're a teenager, you kind of just don't notice those things. Right. Um, at least I didn't. So it's just so crazy to me. And I mean, that- if you have a really good looking wig, you won't notice. True. Yeah. Like, oh, right? not at all. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> there's so all. such great wigs out there that you're like, there's no way they're wearing a wig. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Do a double take. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Too nice of hair. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) How did you get diagnosed? Did you go to like a dermatologist or? Yeah. So like at first I went to just my like primary care doctor and then they referred me to a dermatologist and my dermatologist just took one look at me. and They're like, yep. So this is something (laughs) called alopecia. Really common. I literally just had three patients before you with alopecia. So you're you're not alone. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently this guy just is just treating them all day, like other people with alopecia all day long. And there's a lot of people in my community with alopecia apparently that I don't even know about I mean clearly if my doctor is treating them all the time like they're around here somewhere (laughs) that's crazy though because my dermatologist didn't really take the time to tell me either she was just like it's called alopecia and I'm like what is that (laughs) I have something I got diagnosed that quick what do you mean I kind of went in panic mode when that happened because I'm like wait can you can you describe this to me I think on one of the episodes I laughed and I was like (laughs) 
I think I said, is that, is that like a food dish? (laughs) I was like, that sounds like a food dish. And then Kristen was like, what kind of food? I'm like, I don't know, fish. (laughs) I don't know why I thought that. Like my brain was not thinking you're getting hair loss. Like you have to accept that. I was like, it's gotta be something else. I'm not processing this right now. Alopecia is just like such a mind fuck, I want to say, because it's terrible. It's just like, wait a second, how can I be losing something that everybody else has? How is it possible that it's leaving and you have no control and it's just like, bye hair, bye as you go down the drain. I know. I was going to ask you a question. Because for me, when I got diagnosed, my hair got worse because I was well aware of it then. I got diagnosed, mm. told that I had hair loss, and then my hair started just falling out like crazy. Did that happen to you? Did you notice more hair loss? Oh, yeah, that absolutely happened to me. And I'm really glad to hear that someone else experienced the same thing because yeah. I was going to bring that up. Somehow, shortly after my diagnosis, it suddenly just like the rest of it fell out within like two or three weeks. Yes. I had still like longish hair and it looked like my hair was fully there when I was wearing a hat. But then after my diagnosis, two or three weeks later, suddenly, you know, a hat just wasn't cutting it anymore. (laughs) I wasn't hiding anything by wearing a hat anymore. I don't know. I guess maybe there's just like something about the confusion that comes with accepting it or like getting the diagnosis and just, you know, being in a place where, okay, now you really need to come to terms with what's happening to you. I guess that's just like a lot of extra stress on the body that just makes it fall faster. I know that we all hear those like old wives tales about how stress makes your hair fall out. And I mean, I know that it's an autoimmune disease, of course, but my dermatologist did say something like, if you experience a very stressful event or like a traumatic event, you know, if you have the genetic predisposition for something like that event, if it's on the level where it's affecting you physiologically, it could totally activate that genetic trigger, like flip that genetic trigger, you know, for you to develop alopecia and start losing your hairs. Yes, it's autoimmune. Yes, it's genetic. But like stress and having a healthy lifestyle, I feel like absolutely plays a part. And I feel like just the diagnosis alone is really stressful. 100%. A hundred percent. Cause I'm thinking how many people that have alopecia like right now don't know, don't know they have a small little bald patch or something. Cause oh, mine was on the back. That just gave me chills page. It, it was that little, and they're Ooh. just going about their day with no hair loss because they're not stressed about it. They don't know. And then yeah. somebody says something. Cause that's what happened to me. One of my mm. friends was French braiding my hair and she said, huh, you have a little bald spot on the back of your head. And I thought, oh, I wear extensions sometimes. It's just probably pulling out my hair. Went to the hairdresser. Mm -hmm. They were like, you should go to your dermatologist and talk to them about that. And I'm like, what is happening? Got diagnosed, hair started falling out like crazy. You also found that like the COVID shot started like messing with your bald spots too. So hundred percent. Yeah. Really? Me too, actually. I got vaccinated and it just started disappearing. My eyebrows lost a little hair right here. I got this huge spot. They just, before the vaccine, I believe that I didn't see much change. I'm pretty sure Kristen and I talked about that a lot where my spots were just my spots. They they were like that for many years. They didn't really go anywhere. They just stayed where they were. I got both vaccines. They just started popping off on my head. And I was like, what's happening? (laughs) I wonder if it has to do with hormones or Hmm. whatever is in the vaccine that, you know, it's immune system, you know, it's protecting your immune system. It's strengthening it. So I wonder if since we have such good immune systems, that's why it thinks our hair is foreign. 
if it like amped that up and it was like, let's get rid of it all. <laughs> right. Attack, attack. Yeah. Oh, you noticed I that did. too? Right? Okay. I totally did. And I didn't really associate it with a vaccine. I kind of just noticed, oh yeah, there's like definitely a correlation between me losing my hair. I mean like this streak, right? Oh, I guess people listening can't see it, but like this streak right here, <laughs> it was just two patches prior to getting the vaccine and yeah. now it's just this line that goes around my head yes. and it's started a week or so after getting my vaccine and I've just been experiencing a lot more Me like too. hair fallout post-vaccine yeah I would be curious to see if other people in the community have experienced the Me. same thing because, because this is this, the first I've heard about it yeah because this huge one started off as literally smaller than a like a pencil dot three of them oh, I saw wow. three little tiny ones and they stayed like that for a while and I'm like oh they're probably not going anywhere mm-hmm. and now it's it's huge it's like my the whole side of my head and that was I think a couple weeks after I got the first one I remember wow. looking at Kristen and being like uh <laughs> it's just kind of disappearing here and I don't know what's going on and then now I'm getting more on my back and it's just so bizarre yeah I mean I guess it makes sense that there could be a connection there just because this is an autoimmune disease and vaccines yeah. are like they mess with your immune system. Right. So, you know, immune stuff. Yeah, right. There just has to be more research, really. More research. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I feel like alopecia is always going to be researched because mm-hmm. everybody's alopecia is different. I know people that oh, yeah. have complete hair loss on their heads have all their eyebrows, all their eyelashes. I know the complete opposite have hair on yeah. their that lost their eyebrows and eyelashes. like, right. And all their body hair is gone. And I'm yeah. just like, what? <laughs> It's so crazy how different it hits absolutely everyone. Wouldn't it be nice if you could pick and choose? Like, no more leg hair, but I want my hair back. (laughs) Like a la carte? (laughs) (laughs) I will take this. Is there an alopecia menu? You know, sticking (laughs) with the Oh my gosh. (laughs) That would be nice because I would say no body hair. Oh my gosh. Right? Oh yeah. Get rid of all that hair, but you can keep it on my chin and up. Yeah. Oh gosh. Wouldn't that be nice though to pick and choose? Right? Oh yeah. What's funny is most of my hair the last two was in the back of my head, so I couldn't really ever mm. see it. Now it's more coming towards the front and I can see it all the time. So I'm more aware of it, which is why yeah. I switch it up all the time because I'm like, well, if I have my hair for a couple more years, I'm gonna dye it a whole bunch of different colors because why not? <laughs> Yeah, why not? (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. And I've never done that when I was growing up. So why not? I want to see rainbow, rainbow streaks. I saw people with Ariata like color each patch on the outside different colors. (gasps) And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, that's so cool. cool. So talking more about alopecia, obviously you show it on your social media, which is amazing. And you advocate for it and you spread awareness. What made you start advocating and spreading awareness for it? Wow. You know, I don't really know exactly what led to it. I just feel like I just had such a hard time when my alopecia first hit me. And it was just like associated with a lot of trauma and like a lot of suffering. And actually, you know, I think I do know what motivated me. So (laughs) (laughs) when I think about it, so when I, my hair first started falling out, I didn't really understand what it was at first because, you know, I never met anyone like that. But Also, my family had never heard of it before. My family didn't understand what it was either. And unfortunately, like when my hair loss got to a certain point, my parents assumed that it was a result of doing hard drugs. And Really? Oh, yeah. And I just, I mean, I guess they thought 
you know, when people are like addicts, you know, their physical appearance kind of changes. Yeah. And I guess they thought that's what was happening to me, even though I've never had a history of doing that kind of thing. And I was always the goody two shoes yeah. student at school, even just being late by a couple of minutes freaked me out and you know I was like always that kind of kid but they were just like well there's no other explanation for this why else would this be happening you can't tell me what's happening you know like what else could it be like you're an adult now we don't know what you do when you go out to work if you do anything after work I'm like I'm I'm not doing anything guys yeah right like you know my parents are really strict at the time and they they really didn't understand what was going on and it got to the point where uh it was decided that I just couldn't live at home anymore um, oh wow yeah and so I was homeless for a little while and you know while that's going that's, through hair loss too right like, oh my goodness I'm so sorry Renee you are like the toughest incredible person incredible yeah. nicest kindest person ever Wow. Oh, thank you guys. Oh, I love you guys too. <laughs> we, oh my gosh. We talk about you all the time. We're like, oh my God. We talk about you so much. Incredible. Yeah, we were so excited for you to come on here. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. Oh, thank you guys. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I will say that my parents, they aren't like that anymore. And like, yeah, now yeah. that I've been more public about it, they're like totally understanding and like totally supportive. Absolutely. But like in the beginning, you know, they're just very, very strict. They've always just been, you know, your stereotypical, like strict Asian parent. And they just wouldn't stand for it. And it was just really painful for me because I was already going through such a hard time and, you know, so confused about what was going on with me, like having to deal with this like huge physical change and was just so confused and really needed someone to be there for me and then to just be flat out rejected for how I look just hit me really, really hard. And that's why it does really bother me when people make comments like even within the alopecia community when people find out about my hair loss they'll say things like oh well it must not have affected you so much because you're so pretty already and people are always like oh it's just hair but losing my hair at least in the beginning and looking this way all of a sudden made made my life significantly harder and significantly more confusing and unsurprisingly being a cutie didn't save me from being homeless and being rejected and misunderstood due to my appearance absolutely and I'm so you said that because I have been told too oh well you look great without hair and I sit there and I'm like that didn't make it any easier I wasn't sitting there like yeah I can go through this hair loss I was in the pits I wasn't going Mm -hmm. anywhere so I am so happy you said that because that comment where it's like oh you're fine you're going to be fine because you're, you're pretty or your face is fine. And, and you're sitting there like, you're completely erasing my experience and my journey. Yep. Like yep. that yep. is exactly. insane to me. Oh. And you know, the other thing is, is it's so important that we create this awareness because had your parents known about alopecia, they probably would have treated you completely different. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But because they didn't know. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And like, that's why I wasn't really even mad at them for it because it was just ignorance but I would say that yeah that was definitely a huge motivator for me when it came to being public about my hair loss and you know advocating for awareness because can you imagine if I was younger right if I was like still in high school and this happened and like already dealing with all of the challenges that kids who don't have hair loss you know experience and just like being in such a vulnerable state 
and then being rejected by your own family just because yeah. they, they've never heard of it before. Like, right. that's insane to me. Like, no one should be treated that way just for how they look. Right. And so, and you're you not know, the after only going one. through that. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, you're not the only one either. I have heard different people saying, like, their family's not accepting it. They're mm-hmm. forcing them to wear wigs or not being able or to. Or forcing them it. to do treatments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That's so, it breaks my heart because I feel like, your support system is everything when you're going through this. Oh yeah. Gone through anything traumatic, honestly. I mean, everybody has a lot more stuff than what they show too. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff that people don't show or talk about. And to have a support system there to understand it is so important. So when you don't have that, I just think we need to talk about it more. People need to know what alopecia is more. When you ask, oh, do you know what alopecia is? And people say, yeah, actually, that's what we got to keep it going. Like the momentum still has to go because then it'll be easier for families to be there for their kids and friends to be there for their friends. And oh, it just breaks my heart hearing other people not have people that supported them because it's just so tough. It's so absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A good support system is everything when you're like going through this experience. And I just feel like more people would have access to a support system like that. Um, you know, if it were more normalized, if my parents had known about alopecia, you're totally right. They would, they would have just been like, oh, you're losing your hair. That's okay, sweetie. You'll be, I mean, they wouldn't say like, oh, you'll be fine. But you know, like I wouldn't be kicked out of my house. Right. They would actually have more knowledge about it to know how to maybe help you a little bit better than being like, oh, you got to be doing something bad to have that happen to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It breaks my heart to think about, even for people who do know what alopecia is, looking at it like it's this terrible, terrible thing and fearing that their kids might get it someday. It would break, it breaks my heart thinking about like parents who, even if they are supportive of their kids because of the lack of awareness and because of how alopecia is talked about, when their kid gets alopecia, and they see it, they just feel so devastated yep. for, for their kid. And they feel so bad for them. And I don't know, that's just so sad to me because, you know, I know that I have it. It's in my genes now. And if I ever have a kid one day and they get alopecia, I never want them to feel like I'm looking at them and oh, thinking, oh God, I'm so sorry you look this way. Yeah. You know, I don't Absolutely. want my kids to feel like I'm looking at them like that. Yep. And right. I feel like normalizing it, you know, makes it more likely for people to not have those reactions. Absolutely. I really love that perspective. Like, I really love that, that you would, you know, I don't know if I was to choose to have children, which I didn't choose. I got, you know, my husband <laughs> have the vasectomy. <laughs> we all hey, we have, I've but, had different dreams. <laughs> right, right. But then I would be like, oh, we match. Look at how cute we could be in our bald Absolutely. little selves. Right. Yeah. And not, oh, yeah. not feel bad for them. Right. Absolutely. So exactly. And like oh, having matching nice. headscarves, like how cute would that be? <laughs> Absolutely adorable. Oh my God. That would be so cute. <laughs> like I'm just oh, yeah. thinking about it now. Like even if my, if I had like a daughter or a son and they had patches too, and they wanted pink hair, I'd be like, oh my gosh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. Matching pink hair. Adorable. Yeah. Yeah. Matching pink hair. (laughs) So what were your best resources or people that have helped you along your journey? Wow. Honestly, I feel like just the alopecia community as a whole is so special. And of course, I feel like a lot of people who got alopecia, especially during the pandemic, we went online. (laughs) You know, we started Googling, we joined the Facebook groups, you know, looked for influencers on Instagram. And yeah, it really was just connecting with real people online who had alopecia too. I just feel like this community is so special. And of course, there are good people and bad people everywhere. 
But I have to say that generally speaking, in this community, we've all had like, not a totally universal, but an almost universal experience that no matter where we are on our journey is something that increases a person's capacity for empathy. And just having that shared experience and having that sort of shared empathy, I just feel like, you know, you could just talk to any random person you meet with alopecia and chances are the conversation will go pretty, pretty swell. (laughs) Yep. Every person I've talked to, it's like you instantly feel like you know each other because you have that thing in common. We have alopecia in common. I don't feel nervous about talking to you about it. Because new people that don't have alopecia, I'm still getting there. People I see in public or or even like family members that they know, but we haven't had an in-depth conversation about it. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what am I going to say? Or is it going to be brought up? But with people with alopecia, it's like, oh, like we could just talk about this and we can complain about it if we want to or vent or whatever. I think- I think that's so good to have. I was going to say, Renee, your answers are like freaking articulated to the point. I'm like, damn, she's good. (laughs) Oh, thank you guys. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredibly inspiring. That is right. Holy crap. You're making me teary over here. I'm sitting here like, oh my God. That's so amazing to hear from you guys because I love your podcast and listening to you guys. I literally feel like I'm in the room. I'll be putting it on when I'm just cooking or something or like making breakfast and I'll just feel like I'm chatting with my BFFs. <laughs> That's what it feels like listening to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now you're going to make me cry and then See, we're all going to cry. We're all going to be weeping. Your problem. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, She'll have to cut out the weeping. <laughs> yeah, seriously though. I'll just delete it a little bit. <laughs> So to make us not cry, we'll just jump into the next question. There we go. (laughs) So what do you think the biggest hurdle to jump was when it came to your hair loss? Honestly, and Kristen mentioned this earlier, but definitely the lack of control. Like, I just felt like there was nothing I could do about it. Yes, I could buy wigs. But, you know, when it first started happening, I mean, I was homeless, so I wasn't really financially doing the greatest. Right. You know, and so like the wigs that I got were so cheap, like $13, and they were so scratchy. And, you know, even though I was covering it up, it just, it didn't look the same. And it clearly wasn't really my hair. You know, people thought that it was cute because it's just, oh, she's just doing it for fashion. But no one was looking at me and being like, oh, that is definitely her hair. Right. And I just felt like there was really nothing I could do about it. I guess it was just time. And also, I had the support of, you know, friends and people around me. I was definitely really fortunate that the people around me at the time supported me and accepted me and, you know, never made any mean comments about the way I looked. You know, it was like acknowledged, but, you know, never in like a derogatory way. And that was a lot. And that support system we were talking about, you know, I I did have a good support system, despite not having my parents there in the beginning. But yeah, so like over time, and just having my support system, that lack of control actually ended up being kind of liberating. Yeah, because I felt like it freed me from having to worry so much about my appearance and fuss over my appearance so much. And I feel like I suddenly had a lot of mental and emotional space to explore other parts of myself and my personality and aspects of life that I realized that I enjoyed so much more than worrying about my appearance. And I feel like as women, right, in general, because of our culture and because of society and societal pressure, we tend to be more preoccupied with our appearance than like your average guy is even if you're not a vain person or whatever just the experience of being female you're more preoccupied with your appearance and that takes up 
a lot of energy. But then when you get put in a place where you have no control over your appearance, even though it sucks, it's like, well, now I suddenly have a lot of energy to care about other stuff. Because if I can't control this, what am I going to do then? And I kind of just came to the conclusion that like feeling beautiful is really nice but it's never a requirement for loving myself. I deserve to love myself just as much on the days that I don't feel beautiful as the days that I do. And that feeling beautiful and feeling confident in my body is a really, really empowering feeling. And, you know, I love hyping up other girls with alopecia in the community and telling them that they're so freaking beautiful because they are. And, you know, that's awesome. And, you know, feeling beautiful is very empowering, but I feel like I don't have to feel like I look my best to know that I'm still worthy and still valued. Being beautiful is not a requirement for loving yourself. Absolutely. It's nice to feel beautiful, but you don't need to be beautiful to love 100%. yourself. 100%. Three Speaking for three. T- I know. I'm just going to say you are. We got to bow down soul. to Renee. <laughs> oh my God. The part. She's so wise. You, yes. And oh. the part where you literally said, Haralos let me figure out other parts of myself that it was holding back. Like literally When I finally told people about my alopecia, I didn't have to focus on it anymore. People knew. And then I Mm -hmm. was like, oh my God, I'm going to try and look at other stuff in my life and my personality and the way I want to look and this and that. And it opened up so many doors. It's insane. So you're speaking to our souls. (laughs) I know. I know. Oh my God. Incredible. (laughs) Incredible answer. So on to the next one is it's a toughie. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, it definitely is. Is what lesson took the longest for you to learn? Oh, wow. What lesson took the longest for me to learn? I mean, hmm, kind of tying into what I just said, I feel like in a lot of ways, so I don't want to talk about alopecia. Like it's not hard. And, you know, even though I have a much higher self-esteem now, you know, it's not like every single day is easy, but I will say that I feel like in a lot of ways, it's been kind of hard to accept the fact that having this experience has actually been kind of a blessing in disguise, not in every way, but in some ways. And I feel like overall, my self-esteem after this experience, not necessarily my confidence, but my self-esteem is much higher now. And it took a very low period of self-esteem to get here. And, you know, it's just a really hard journey, but that doesn't mean it has to be hard forever. And there are a lot of really amazing things that have happened to me because of my alopecia, like all the people that I've met, all the people that I've been able to connect with and just being able to grow as a person, growing like emotionally. And I feel like all of those things are really gifts. And it's really hard to look at a situation that is objectively tough, like objectively traumatizing and see the good in it. It just took like a lot of self-reflection. And that is something that took me a long time to accept. I mean, even when I started posting selfies on social media without wigs and stuff like even when I started feeling open about it I wasn't fully accepting of myself at that point that was kind of just like the first step in it yeah like it's kind of just like fake it till you make it (laughs) you sort of start like acting like how you want to feel and so I started being more open about it before I felt like I was fully confident you don't need to wait until you are absolutely confident in yourself to start putting yourself out there and start connecting with other people you can just like take the step and it'll come you know you can work on yourself along the way exactly just taking the first step and being able to keep working on it because I still am I know Kristen and I still are we're still not fully comfortable 
walking around in public and we're working on it. It might take a long time for us, but we've made steps to know that we've done it and know what it felt like. And we just are still working towards it. And that is okay. And that is okay if you're not 100% accepting of your alopecia. Everybody still has bad days. There's days I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, that bald spot is bigger. (laughs) And I'm upset about (laughs) it. And that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Your answers are just top tier. I swear. Oh, I know, right? I know. <laughs> They're so good. I'm going to say, like, if there's an episode of us that you guys got to listen to, it's this one. It's this yeah. one. Aww. It's literally <laughs> this one. Absolutely. Yeah. What's your biggest fear? It can be anything. And your biggest Ooh. motivator in life. Oh, okay. So my biggest irrational fear is probably falling down the stairs. Like it's really embarrassing. Oh my god, I love it. I fall down the stairs all the time. So bad. Like I it's okay, it sounds like it's not a big deal, but it actually causes a huge inconvenience for anyone who's walking around me at any point whenever I'm going downstairs because I go extremely slowly to the point where it's irritating for other people around me. (laughs) Just inch by inch. Best thing I've ever heard. Seriously. It's like I love it. You know, I'm so afraid of it. I'm not gonna go any faster, you guys. It falling down the stairs hurts and it's just not fun. That and is I'm so interesting. Scared. Oh my God. Oh, it's okay. I got weird fears too. I hate cotton. I think like cotton balls oh, wow. are terrifying. It freaks me oh. out. I hate the noise they make. Oh, wow. See, everybody's got their weird stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Don't don't worry. Everybody's got their weird fears. I, I have them for sure. That's interesting though. Falling down the stairs, huh? Did you have like a traumatic experience? Not really. I mean, I know it's not something that happens to people every day. I will say (laughs) I am very, very clumsy. In the span of like a year, I broke my foot twice. Oh no. Not by even doing anything crazy. The second time I broke it, I just stubbed my toe against an empty cardboard box. The cardboard <laughs> box was empty. So, you know, I'm just a very clumsy person. Some of I us feel so, you. I yeah. feel you there. Yeah. Like, yeah. So if I'm going down the stairs, better safe than sorry, I'm going to go at like a snail's pace. I'm sorry to anyone behind me. Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. Go around. Go there around you have. if you have to. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> But don't bump into me. Right. Set up downstairs or upstairs, whatever you need to do. It's going to take me a minute. Um, what do you, what's uh, your motivator in life? My biggest motivator? Hmm. Buying new plants. <laughs> I mean, crazy plant mom. That's like my superficial motivator. I guess maybe just like the little things make me happy. I love waking up every morning and I have a little dog named Mango. He's a Maltese and he's like the type of dog who has like no concept of personal space and if he were any bigger it would be a problem but because he's so small he can like walk all over my body and on my head and on my neck and it doesn't hurt me and I just love waking up in the morning and seeing his little nose come up to my face and like lick me on the nose too and you know just like stuff like that gets me going like my dog and just like plants good sunlight the love Just of the an little animal things. is <laughs> oh. so motivating. The oh, yeah. love my animals have for me, I am their everything. And it is the most motivating thing to wake up in the morning and have all my animals just look at me like, we love you so much. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you for so waking pure. up. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. That's just such a lovely feeling. Last question. And we think it's the most important, obviously, because we're an alopecia podcast. We all have alopecia. Our guest has alopecia. What is one piece of advice that you would want to give someone new to hair loss or possibly regressing with their hair loss right now? I would just like to remind them that they are not alone. There is no right 
or wrong way to have alopecia. Your journey is your own. Don't let anyone tell you how to have your alopecia journey because I'm sure even seeking help online and like talking to other people on the internet, you'll see a lot of that. But just ignore it. There's literally no right or wrong way to have it. Never, ever doubt yourself. And also, like I said, being beautiful is not a requirement for loving yourself. Yep, that is so true. My gosh, this has warmed my heart. This Oh, me too. I've been getting chills this whole time. Like literally just made my Saturday night. We want to say thank you. Yes, thank you. You have been so inspiring. So amazing. So such heartfelt answers too. Like like you went deep and we love it. We love it. We love it. We love advice because a huge benefit for us to doing guests is learning about people, learning about different stories, different hair loss, because we're going to have different people with different hair loss on here. But I think another huge benefit is we learn stuff, how to cope better with things or sayings that will resonate with us and will keep forever or we'll write down or we'll just hold on to that for like, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> hold on to that for a little bit because so many things that you said tonight, I feel like I needed to hear. I have dealt with regressing with my alopecia a little bit lately. And there's some things that you said that I'm sitting there like, holy crap, this is the whole point of having a podcast. This is the whole point of pushing these messages out because some, there's going to be a lot of people that resonate with your message and everything you said. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing obviously is where can our listeners connect with you online so they can go follow you and listen to your story and see all the incredible things you're doing. Anyone is definitely free to follow me on my personal Instagram at Renee Felisti. And I pretty much follow everyone who has alopecia back on Instagram. Everyone is my friend. Y'all are my friends. (laughs) Feel free to DM me, comment on my photos. I'll comment on yours too. It's all good. I won't bite. (laughs) You guys can talk to me. I probably give people like wig recommendations every week, like at least once a week. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You have have great wigs though. I feel like that's a huge benefit of community too, is we know all the different wigs. We know all the products. Somebody coming and finding us online is like something I wish I did when I was, when I first got diagnosed, because I didn't know about it. I was like doing this by myself in my own home, like (laughs) going to support groups that I found close to me. It was all older people. They were all in like their Mm. six. And I'm sitting there like, well, this isn't really helping me because they were all a hundred percent accepted it. They've had it for 20, 30 years. Uh, They were all bald there. And I was sitting there like, um, and I just remember one lady looking at me too and saying, can you take off your hat so I can see your hair? And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) No. No. That's a lot. No. (laughs) So it's I'm not ready for that step. Oh my God. I was still had my bio hair extensions. Like absolutely not. Was not ready. But that's the whole point of this though. That's why I'm so happy to bring different perspectives and and people on because oh it's just so great for us too it's oh my god so great for us yeah and we just want to say thank you again renee if you guys want to get a hold of us you can email us at thosebeldchicks at gmail.com or send us a message on instagram or facebook all of our links to everything you need are in our direct me so you'll be able to find that in the episode description we're doing a little chick bit the one i've chosen for today is subconsciously it takes six to eight months for the brain to process completely Complete forgiveness for someone who's hurt you emotionally, which I thought was really interesting because I was like, six to eight months. That that sticks with me. What? Wow. I feel like that makes sense because like failed relationships or friendships or anything really, you kind of hold on to that. Exactly. Right. So you got a long time if someone hurts you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
Look forward to it. <laughs> Look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Ending on a good note over here. <laughs> Incredible ends up with that very dark very and moody. Very sad, dark one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's too funny. Uh, all oh. right. Until next time, guys. Bald Peck out. <laughs>